and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode. It's been a long week in the run-up to Christmas, but we're nearly there. How you doing, Regan? I'm good. I've been uh, trying to nail work and nail watching shows all at the same time. It's been a week. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I literally watched them all today in a well five, done. like a five and a half hour run, which is why I was like, we're going to, I need to push it. I need to push it. I can't quite get there at six. Um, Jimmy brought up my dinner to me in the office while I was like Aww. plugged into my phone. And I think I he repl- he messaged me going, you know, you're coming down for dinner. And I said, I can't, I, like, I just can't. I've, I've still got two more shows to go, but I'm really sorry. And I promise you tonight it's work, tomorrow it's Christmas. And realized that <laughs> I'd sent them to you and not him. Ah, I was like, I don't, I don't understand these texts, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's been a week. My head is slowly, it really wants to stop, but I've just got a little bit more work to do. Yeah, I've got tomorrow, and then everybody is set up for all of next week, so I'm really going to try to have some family time. I find it really hard when you work for yourself. Like, it's it's the double-edged sword, right? Like, we've talked about it. Like, it's a huge privilege to be able to have your own schedule and be able to try to make everything work, but the flip side of that is sometimes I'm working all the time, even if it's just, like, little spurts every single day, and so I'm really trying to focus and have Christmas off, like, the week and just do family shit. It's really hard to switch off. And I mean, the other downside, of course, is lack of regular paycheck, which can sting a little bit. But, you know, we're the masters of our own destiny. So very, very true. Very true. Um, We're going to get straight into it because it's a big week this week. We've got every show under the sun. It is. Going. Uh, Yes. And uh, there's lots and lots of good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. So let's crack on with uh, Keeping Up With The Kardashians. We've been running some polls this week. Reagan has been doing the most amazing polls. And what's cool is that so many of you are getting involved with our polls on Instagram. You love, they love, you guys love an interactive Instagram story. So we will keep on doing it. Um, on the back of last week's podcast, we asked you guys if you've ever gotten a screaming fight in public. And 34% of you say, hell yeah, I have. And 66% say, fuck no, I haven't. That's I'm in the 66%. more than I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, maybe like, maybe I should have like quantified the question, like an embarrassingly screaming fight. Cause I'm sure like drunk in my late teens, early twenties, I probably had some like shouty times with high school friends, but as like, as a legal drinker, I can't remember <laughs> having screamy matches outside. No, I've not done it either. But I mean, I've done it once I've got home with my husband. Then I've got like drunk and shouty. Right. But never in public. Yeah. And see, my husband's always asleep when I would come home drunk. So there's no one to shout with. My husband's He's an early doing sleeper. that now. I think he yeah. just pretends, but that's fine. It works for both of us. Works for both of us. Yeah, um, that works for everyone. Um, but definitely not to the level of Vicky and Kelly, in no. my opinion. No, not on that tiki boat or whatever it's called. No, in yeah. wherever they were, not like that. No. Um, any keeping up with the Kardashian polls? Yes. Did so we run we've this got week? two keeping up with the Kardashian polls. Um, we pulled you guys to. Th- 
see whether we would see more Kardashians or not. And 74% of you think, of course, and 26% say, no, they're done. Now, we just had a chat about this in our little pre-production meeting. And in the US, a little like teaser came up for like, watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians spring 2020. So they will be doing another show, but we'll see how many people are actually involved or yeah. if they do end up pulling it. We don't know if Courtney will be involved. No. Uh, and then I did another poll about the Kardashian sister dynamic. Um, Cause as you all know, I've quite often said, I don't have sisters. So I'm always pretty fascinated by kind of same sex sibling pairings. Like I watch my Lucky boys, you. And, you know, deal with that. But um, 49% of you say that they have a normal sister dynamic and 51% of you say it's pretty messed up. I mean, that's pretty split down the middle. I said, I think sister dynamics are either, I think it's like such a fine line. They're either totally, totally normal or like they're completely fine. Like, do you know what I mean? You can be one or the other so close together. So I think I've been through both things with my sister. I think right now they're in a tricky place. Yeah. Well, and I do wonder, I mean, with the added stress of being on a reality TV show and working together, because they all, like all of their businesses collaborate with each other. I think that's a lot of, that's a lot of sister time. It's a, it's a lot of complicated dynamics yeah. and especially when it's not completely equal as well. You know, you've got Kylie who's the billionaire and then right. you've got Courtney who's got push, push, yeah. push, push, push. Um, so I think it's inevitably going to cause rifts. And I think like anything though, whether you're working together or not, you go through phases of like really being on board with each other, really wanting to rip each other's eyes out. Um, I think it's much harder when they're working like they do work, but Right. Uh, I I think it would be weird if they all got on. All yeah, the time. totally. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch that either because that's weird. No. That would be <laughs> terrible TV. Um. So, yeah. So I think they. Chris takes them off to Wyoming. Like, yes. Wyoming probably doesn't know what's hit it when they all get off that car in that. Well, at- I mean, they go to they go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is which is kind of like the Aspen of Wyoming. So, I mean, it's kind of known in those circles to like go, you know, like it's oh. kind of a, a frou-frou place. Um, but there we learned that Courtney was on a cattle drive reality show in the year 2005, which I didn't have time this week to look up, but I'm totally going to. I mean, whose idea was it? Who sat there in some production meeting and went, I, I've got it. I've got the best idea for a reality TV show. Let's put unknown people. Because presumably in 2005, nobody knew who the fuck Kourtney Kardashian was. No, Let's put people on horses and get them to drive cattle. So that thought process leads me to believe it was probably MTV. Because at that time, MTV was doing like the real world. So it was all like unknown rando people put in position, you know, put in stressful situations to see how they would react because reality TV was kind of just, you know, being born then. Um, But if I find it, I will put a link on our Facebook page. I will do a post about it and we can all watch Cattle Drive starring Kourtney Kardashian. Because everybody needs to look cute even when they're driving cattle. Oh my goodness. Uh (laughs) But she was surprisingly good. Like I thought she was just going to be all moany and... She looked really pro when she was she like did. reining that horse, doing what I don't know what you do when you drive. Cattle. Yeah, me neither. That's never been a anyway. Part of my she life. looked like she knew what she was doing. Um, but yeah, so they go off, and I think I really have to admire Chris. Like she's doing everything she can to like get these bitches to stop being at each other's throats, and um, 
And I do appreciate what she's... I do think she's... A, I, we, we know that we love Mama Chris. Um, but I think that there is a little bit that's, find, that's finding it difficult for her to accept that maybe Courtney is done. Yeah, because, I mean, she keeps going on and on. Like, I've told you guys until this stops being fun, we're, we're going to... We'll do it until it stops being fun. It's like, Chris... They're telling you it's not fun anymore. <laughs> like, are you not paying attention? And I also think that maybe a family trip is not the cure all when everybody is tired of being around each other. <laughs> like I know, I was a bit like take that. a little bit of a break. <laughs> but also, I really think that Courtney knows that she's done, but I think she's scared to say it. And I think that's what's causing the problems. Like right. she's already mentally checked out, but physically she's still kind of turning up and she's still not quite got the balls yet to say I don't want to be a part of it and she's like I'm getting there I'm getting there and I think this is a process for her and I get that I mean imagine the pressure I mean I'm no fan of Courtney right now don't get me wrong right right but imagine the pressure she must be under when this multi-billion dollar family industry right feels like it's resting you know at least part of the way on her shoulders it must be a big thing to say so I think I this is me. This is what I think is going to happen. Right. I think she just needs to get to a point where she can say, I, like, I'm out or I'm going to take a big step back like Kylie and Kendall or whatever it is. But I think that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, I also think maybe on the one hand, she's a little scared to leave because, I mean, everybody yeah. else has very established businesses that are bringing in other money. Whereas Courtney, I think is really just getting kind of pushed up and running and she's finally figured out what she wants to do is kind of her, her business. So there's gotta be some kind of scared feelings there, like giving up your kind of your, your paycheck. Yeah. The and, other thing you know, is working on your business. It must be really hard to be the oldest and the least successful. And I say that in relative terms right, because, right, right. you know, obviously she is, I'd have like, a hundredth of what Courtney's got, frankly. But in relative terms, it must be really hard to deal with. And I think that's a little bit why she hides. I'm not saying she hides behind the mum thing, but I think that's why she, she's like, this is what I am successful at. Actually, I've got three kids and I'm a, and I love being a mom and I'm really committed to this holistic way of life. I didn't mean to roll my eyes, but I did roll my eyes a bit. (laughs) Um, And I think, and I think she's really, I think it would be difficult to be the eldest and feel like actually you're the one that's not quite figured it out yet. Right. Well, and absolutely. And if you think back to when Keeping Up With The Kardashians first started, like she took the brunt of a lot of bad press with like her relationship with Scott, her having the baby very early on in, in the series. And she's had to like, kind of do all that stuff. And while the other girls have as well, I think it was harshest on Courtney yeah. because the show was so new and reality TV as a whole was fairly new. So she was kind of having to deal with all this stuff for the first time. Um, so I think she, I understand why she's burnt out. Um, I still think you need to turn up as long as your signature is on the contract, but maybe you need to renegotiate your contract if you don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, well, I imagine they have a contract season by season, and I guess that's why this conversation is coming up at the time. And right. and I don't think there was ever any suggestion that she wouldn't complete her contract for this particular series, but I guess this conversation is happening because she's not sure about the next contract and the right. next series. And we don't know that yet. And that's what the Kardashians are really good at. They're really good at keeping the shit out of the press. Yeah, so there's a well, lot, somewhat, yeah. Some, But, you know, so the, but there's a lot of, like, 
relationship stuff in some of the other episodes that we just, it's splashed everywhere. We know what's going on. Right. And I think with the Kardashians, they are a little bit better at kind of well, they should the be. They, alive they've bit. been doing it a lot longer than everybody else, too. And Chris is super smart. Like, yeah. we forget that there is a manager behind all of this as well. I mean, I don't know how she keeps all that shit in her head box, but... I did love... I loved Chloe doing her impression of Chris and Matt. I mean, obviously, we don't see Chris interacting with her right. personal assistant, but, but actually... There's an indication that Chris is not quite as easygoing and and oh, lovely no. and as we all think, as we see, like the way that that Chloe just ripped her to shreds and the way she just <laughs> laid into her assistant was just the funniest thing I've ever seen. She was the spitting image of her mother. Like, Do you remember when Chloe wasn't sure if she was like if she was adopted, do you remember those yes. like times where she's like, I think I'm adopted. Um, like, no, sweetie. She just has to put that wig on. No, baby, you're not adopted. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I also liked how, like, I think Chris did a really good job being Chloe as well. Like, she was rocking yeah. that little, like, the blonde wig and the nails and, and everything like that. The constantly- funniest next to Chloe, though, for me, was Kendall doing Kylie. And then, oh, like, with all the, the video clips about, like, the lips, like, the testers oh on her gosh. arm. Like, Kendall is fucking hilarious. And I don't think, I mean, she's always been, like, the quietest of all of them. Like, you know kind of less about her. But she is fucking hilarious. I think she's always been super smart. Like, she walked into yeah. the kitchen when she was 14 and said she wanted to be a supermodel. And she'd already had the shots done. And Chris was like, that impressed me. And I think Kendall has always just been really driven to do what she wants to do. So the show is great for her, but I feel like she uses it for her own, chooses it as much as she needs it, and she keeps it on a minimum. That being said, I fell for her without Kylie this weekend. And But what I loved is compared to the three older girls, Courtney, Chloe, and Kim, watching Kylie and Kendall work out that kind of discord was really grown up and Kendall was like I'm just Kylie was like I'm really sorry I had no idea you felt like that I'll make it up to you um Kylie's like uh, Kendall was like I get it now I understand and I just thought Jesus these two young ones are managing to do what the older three can't do right well and I wrote down that like Kendall just doesn't understand what it's like also to be a mom. Like that, that's a, when, when you're like, I was the first out of all of my friends to have a baby or at least all my friends where I was living at the time. And like that, that is a difference in your relationship and kind of then balancing like, well, how often can you see each other and what can you do? Like when you're, you know, a mom, you've got other responsibilities. So I thought that was really interesting and kind of like a growing up moment for both of them. Like, you know, it's not always going to be that they can do everything together. No, and it's cool that they're open to that as well, whereas I think right now the other three are just so sick and tired of each other that they're just, they're lashing out like kind of feral savages. And that, the whole episode where they're um, in the treetops and Kim, God God love Kim and her diva fit that's fueled by fear. Like, I could not, like watching Chloe kill herself laughing at Kim's diva fit. Like, I was crying yeah. with laughter as well. No, it was I've, hilarious. I've made a billion dollars. I don't need to be on this fucking tree. <laughs> I'm like, then don't get up there. Like, why did you even go up there? Just be oh, like, I I'm love not going to do this. I love that she tried. She was Maybe she thought, you know what? Maybe I can do it. Maybe I'll try. And then she got up there and the fear kicked in and the diva came out 
and yeah. she got her ass back down. I have never laughed so hard. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, and like Courtney was pretty kick-ass at that little ropes course. Like she just flew through that thing. Yeah, Chloe but also kind of smug as fuck. Me. She was smug as fuck. Yeah, yeah she was. And that really kind of surprised me, like not being able to finish it. That shocked yeah. me about her, actually. I, I, I've never been afraid of heights, so I don't know yeah. how that feels. You know, so for me, I don't, I don't know, but yeah. I do think that Courtney behaved pretty terribly. Yeah. I didn't like the way that she, you know, I, I don't like the way that she gets on there and calls her a pussy. You know, you can't just fly through it yourself and then be smug right. and call somebody else a pussy for doing it. And then the I whole, think, it was a joke. I'm like, yeah, Chloe's telling you that it kind it's of not, hurt her feelings. Right. At that point you go, oh, my joke didn't land. I'm really sorry. Not, I'm well, sorry like, you felt offended. Right. But I'm really sorry. Well, I think, again, like, if they were in a better place, the joke would have landed. Because, like, that's how they used to joke all the fucking time. But, again, like, if your relationship is not in the place to joke, you can't pull off the jokes. No, and it's not, an, you know, and it's not an excuse either. I yeah. think how many times do people pull out that, oh, it was only a joke. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's If you bullshit. have to say it's only a joke, you, that's not the way it came across. No, it doesn't matter how it was intended. It's how it was yeah. taken. And if somebody doesn't take it like that, then you owe them a fucking apology. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think Courtney is really struggling and I have no idea where she's going to go in the next season. No, we'll find out spring 20, 2020. So this will be the last time we chat about the Kardashians for a while. I know. I'm going to miss them. In fact, next week, we've only got two shows on the roster. I know. And I think it's because of Christmas. I think they've they've shortened the uh, roster, but also because they're going to nail the OC reunion. So next week, uh, we'll do The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Below Deck, and then we'll also record the mini-sode featuring The Real Housewives of the OC reunion. So that's what you guys have well, to look forward to. We will if if I get all three in a row in the UK as well. We're not 100% yes. sure that's going to happen. But if it does, we'll be there. Either way, the tr- the regular episode will be a little injected with some crisp... I can't speak. I'll start <laughs> Bear with me, guys. It's been a long week. Some Christmas jollies. Uh, yeah, some, we're injecting it with some festive spirit, literally. Absolutely. It, it will be a drinking episode. Maybe we need to come up with a drinking game that people can play yes. while they listen to the podcast. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll have to come up with like a signature cocktail that we can both make. <laughs> or just shots. We'll just yeah. nail the tequila. Um, Done. I'm be, I'll be with Jimmy's family. So imagine, I think maybe I'll go straight to bed after that. There um, you go. So yes, keeping up with the Kardashians. And then Atlanta. Yes, let's move on to Atlanta, where I feel like the visual of my life happened, watching Portia <laughs> hookah and drink Hennessy while doing a petty bar <laughs> through Atlanta. She is my spirit animal. That woman is a queen. <laughs> and she did such a good job with it, too. Like, Marlo could barely even pedal. <laughs> Marlo's in fucking sequence, and don't get me wrong. I have never met a sequin I do not love. But time and a place, bitch. Time and a place. Right? Where where are your leggings and just like sporty top? Like what did you yes. think? I mean, you planned this. You she knew booked what it. To do. <laughs> and why only book two people? Like two people can't handle that whole thing. <laughs> the guys sat there like 
twiddling his thumbs, like, anytime you're ready, girls. You, right. Like, whenever you're ready. Turn on the motor. Porsche's face, like, oh, hang on a minute. We are, our pedaling actually moves this thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. They, that's yeah, it how it works. <laughs> um, uh, I did think no, it was genius. super shady to like drive past the hot dog place. Um, yes. What is the hot dog place called? Isn't it called hot dog? dog hot no, dogs? it's got like a name. Has it? Keep talking. Let's, yeah, let's not, let's not give that guy. I, I'm not up for factory. giving that guy any. It's the hot dog factory. So that's, uh, that's original. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that whole thing was weird. I thought Marlo really was off base with forcing Portia to say, just tell him you love him. It's like, hang on a minute. This isn't just like a fight because he didn't empty the fucking dishwasher. This is a fight because he was shagging around while she was pregnant. Like, don't get in the middle of that shit. No, and, and like, you didn't need to. Portia wasn't putting you in the middle of it. Like, why are you injecting yourself into somebody else's drama, Marlo? Like, just chill the fuck out. Take care of your new kids. Also, there's a million other restaurants you could eat at. Literally, especially in Atlanta. Atlanta has food for motherfucking days. Like, so, and it's delicious food. Like, you don't need to go to the hot dog factory. No, you don't need to go to the... I mean, unless... Uh, listen, unless she still gets the free food, in which case yeah, I get maybe it. Maybe that's I mean, true. I Probably. Never want to turn down free food. No. Um, and frankly, it's the least that he can do. But still, it brought up all sorts of very awkward conversations that Marlo should have known better. Absolutely. It kind of, it really kind of fucked me off at Marlowe, actually. I was like, you know, like, this is a girl who, like, you're repairing this relationship with. You guys are starting to be friends again. Like, listen to what she's saying. Like, this isn't just some bullshit. Like you said, like, it's not like he forgot to take out the trash or, I don't know, even gotten, like, a minor car accident or whatever. Like, this is a pretty major life-altering thing that he did. And I don't know. It just felt icky and very juvenile to me. Yeah. And I just feel like she just can't help but mix. She's like, it's like... Marlo so mixed a lot. It's just too much. And sometimes she just needs to keep her nose out of business because Portia continues to handle this. Like just, I cannot give her any more credit than I do. No, she's being such a badass. She's being so grown up. She's really look after her and Pilar. And, you know, I, while I don't necessarily agree with her, decision to kind of work things out with Dennis. I respect it and I understand where it, where it comes from. So, you know. Yeah. I think it's like that thing, you know, it's like Gina and Matt. It's it's even like Teresa and Joe. They yeah. have to be able to look at their kids and say, look them in the eye and say, I did everything I could. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where this is coming from. Like, we know that she, I think we know she doesn't end up with Dennis. Well, Do they, we they are back together. Oh, we are know they? That they are. Yeah, they're re-engaged. We we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, they are re-engaged and still try. I mean, there's not like a wedding date set or anything, but I think they're just still trying to work through it um, well, and build trust. I mean, you know, I'm not one to suggest that anybody isn't capable of change. Maybe right. he is. I didn't love the therapy session. I didn't love the no. way he came across in the therapy session. I didn't love the way he said we had a very rough pregnancy. Yeah. No. I, I, no, I don't, I didn't love, even less, I'm going to be honest, sex during pregnancy is nothing like a man wants to do. Uh, so that's, so that's why yeah. I went and had sex somewhere else. No, um, that's not and, a and real whole, excuse. Like, or no, thing. and that whole like, we had postpartum. I was like, mm, you know, like, dude, this is not your do you know what I mean? Like, this, right. None of this is reason enough or justifying why you went off and shagged somebody else. 
no, you couldn't keep your dick in your pants, so you fuck somebody else. Like, that's the problem. It's not Porsche's issue. It's not Pilar's issue. It's not a situational issue. Like, you were an asshole. And she's absolutely right when she says it's not a mistake. It's not like, oh, by accident. He didn't fall into that woman's vagina by accident. (laughs) I tripped and fell, actually, which reminds me, we did a poll on this. And I think I misworded the question a little bit because I meant, I wrote, is cheating a mistake? And I probably should have said, is cheating just a mistake? Because I think it's a lot more serious than just like an oops, I stubbed my toe. Like, oops, my dick fell in her vagina. Like, that doesn't (laughs) actually happen. Um, But 56% of you said yes, and 44% of you said no. And again, I think that was because of my mishandling of the question. I think it at least would have been reversed had I put that just in there. So I'll take editorial, uh, an editorial beating for that one. Oh, don't but. beat yourself up about it. I'll <laughs> get the stuff these days. Um, so, yeah, I'm with Portia. If she's back together with him, then I do nothing but wish them well. But I'm yet to see a side of Dennis that I like. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think you need to make the scary face. Like, <laughs> I, I always think, worried that everybody's going to hate my opinion. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who don't like him, and I think rightly so. Now, do I think that we all have, you know, the say so in the relationship? Absolutely not. Like, I, I do hope wish them well. I hope them. I wish for them to have very good, powerful therapy sessions and be able to work it out. But you know, we'll see. I mean, Dennis always looks like he's half asleep, though. I want to just poke him and go, can you just fucking look alert? Like, well, he's up all night up. making hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> and that's prison lingo for... <laughs> um, the weenies well, in the buns. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm I wish him week. well... But I just know Portia deserves nothing but the best. So let's hope that he's living up to our very strict uh, expectations. Um, In other news, the Nini. Can I just say something about Nini? Absolutely. That's what the podcast's Uh, all about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, I get it. Uh, I'm starting to lose my patience with her. I'm like... Either shit or get off the pot. Either get involved or fuck off. I don't yeah. like this sitting on the sidelines, chatting with her life coach, not interacting with any of the other girls' bullshit. I just think it's taking the piss and yeah. e- either do it or don't do it, but don't half-ass it. Well, and I think you're right. I think it's taking the piss out of both of them. Like, either not be on the show and really fucking work on yourself or fucking be on the show and, like, grow through change. Like, pick one lane. And all this talk about sisterhood pisses me off as well because, Nini, I love you and I love watching you, but there's nothing sisterhood about. You can't be a narcissist and a sister. The two don't no. work. They're like the yeah. antithesis of each other. And, and and I'm not saying that, I mean, narcissism isn't a great trait, but it can be very charming and it can be very likable, and we all know that. That's but why Nini's we a narcissist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we end up sleeping with them. Um, I mean, we don't marry them, but we sleep with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really feel like Nini's a narcissist and you can't be both. And it yeah. just right now she's feeling very disingenuous and I feel like she's here for the paycheck and not for the experience. And that isn't sitting well with me. Amen, sister. I totally agree with you. Like, I don't like it when the people half-ass shows. I mean, like, she wasn't on the first couple of episodes. Now she's kind of dipping in, dipping out. And it's just like, 
just go. It's this arrogance that, well, I, yeah. you know, the, sh- the show was built on me so I can do as much or as little as I like. It's like, we're not here to watch that and we don't no, want to sh- see that. I'd love you to be involved, but I don't like this sort of half, like, princess behavior. Yeah. No. Y- you can't play just the tip. I mean, it doesn't work out well <laughs> for either parties and I think that's what Nini's doing. <laughs> She's playing just the tip in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, she is. Just the tip, glossy tip. Yeah, um, just the glossy tip doesn't satisfy anyone so nini we're all unsatisfied also i couldn't give a shit about this recording with cynthia i i genuinely i really tried to find some sort of enthusiasm for it i don't care whether it's yovana marlo or the fucking russians i i literally could give less of a shit yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think this recording will change anything in their relationship. So why are we spending so much airtime talking about it? Like I don't care. And, and also, I, can we just really point out the fucking Captain Obvious shit? Why are you recording her on the phone when she's saying the same shit about Nini on podcasts right. also recorded on yeah. a TV show? also recorded like it's just so unnecessary yeah you didn't bring anything new to the discussion no like you just have the same old shit like that's boring that's boring cynthia's annoyed with nini yeah fucking the fucking chamomile a verbal tease (laughs) nobody cares it's fucking chamomile we're tired (laughs) i'm so bored anyway um that aside nini you know bring it on or fuck off frankly yeah no I Um, i think that's the last word on that Quick mention for uh, Kenya. Obviously, there's clear the cracks in her marriage continue to reveal themselves. And I think, interestingly, she chooses to visit an attorney to uh, protect her assets. Um, I think it's a smart move, obviously, but I think it's really indicative of these cracks in her marriage. And I actually think this isn't just a, oh, I should probably do this. This is no. a, I think I'm definitely going to need to do this. Yeah, I would agree. Because they got married without a prenup, and which we learn. And then we also learn in this discussion that he has previous kids, which I didn't know. So obviously I'm terrible at, you know, cyber stalking. Yeah. <laughs> Reagan a loves sleuther. a sleuth. <laughs> so I didn't know he had kids before. And so that's where she's worried about, like, what where her assets will go. So... Um, also Mark does not have power of attorney over her, which I found interesting as well. Cause I think typically in the U S that's what husbands and wives do so they can look after each other. And I feel like that's a, either they just didn't get the paperwork done fair enough. Um, or, you know, that just kind of shows that maybe some problems were already there kind of pre pre-marriage and pre-babies. And this is just kind of what happens when those issues are ignored. Yeah, and the irony is, of course, that Mark essentially has power of attorney over her anyway. You know, yeah, she's he's all controlling as it is. So, uh, I, I, we said it last week. I think it's a process for Kenya. She just yeah. needs to figure it out, and this is the next step. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think uh, we. we I, I don't think there's much else that. Oh, I would like to just really quickly touch on very quickly on Candy and Todd, because I'm really yes. interested in how they are going to deal with the two small ones that they both share when they're both so happy to kind of compartmentalize the parenting of right. their own biological children. And actually what I'm starting to see with Riley, and and maybe I'm wrong, but she's gone from being a very kind of quiet, shy, sweet 15-year-old 
yeah. to being this really quite indulged, spoiled, uh, eight, 17, 16, 17 year old. And I think that actually Candy's parenting choices of indulging her, even though she hasn't gone off the rails as such, are right. going to start to kind of rear their ugly head a little bit. And I'm not saying that Todd's doing it any better because I think that's having, you know, he's right. kind of the opposite to, effect, the other way. And that's having a yeah, damage, yeah, a, dam yeah. a damaged effect on their relationship with, Ka with Kayla. But I think it's interesting to see them try and navigate actual co-parenting of shared biological children. Yeah, I totally agree. Because, I mean, Ace is still really young. So, I mean, like, the parenting is is fairly straightforward in, in ways when, when they're so young. I think they're definitely going to hit rocky patches when they're older. And, um, yeah, I wrote down the exact same thing. Like, what is going to happen with the shared kids? Like, they have Ace. They've got, I think, a little girl on the way. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting when Katie was talking about how, like, Todd and Kayla went a full month of, like, living in the house, and they absolutely didn't speak to each other. And you know what? I think, as a parent, that's shitty. Because yeah. you're the fucking adult in that relationship, right. and you don't allow that kind of shit to continue, even no. if that means a come to Jesus meeting or whatever it is. Right. You sit them down and you fucking own your shit because they learn how to own their shit by watching you do it. And yeah. I think if Todd is okay with not talking to his own daughter for a month while living in the same house, he needs to really fucking think about that. Yeah, and that's where I think Candy is actually quite strong. Like, I, I know she's spoiled mm. her daughter, but... I also think she actually has a really good relationship with her daughter and they do talk and, you know, we saw her, like her daughter wanted this like ridiculously expensive jumper and she was just like, no. Yeah. She's like, well, uh, buy it not, yourself, but I'm not yeah. paying for it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I do think we're kind of seeing her maybe back away from that a little bit and maybe that's Todd's influence and hopefully we'll see maybe Candy influenced Todd a little bit to talk more about his feelings. I mean, it kind of broke my heart when Kayla was saying that, like, she had never heard anything, like, loving or positive come out of his mouth. And that's just really sad because, I mean, she's, like, she's, she, she's, in, she's, like, 21 now, isn't she? Because of she the whole, is. like, strip cub fiasco. But, of course, their relationship has only yeah. been for a few years. Few like, she years. only came back. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's an easy dynamic or relationship for Todd no. to manage, but I am saying at the end of the day, it's his to manage and it's his Absolutely. to lead as the adult. And I feel like that really worried me because, yeah. you know, I've heard of parents not speaking to their kids before and I know how damaging that can be. And I think you can do better. Absolutely. Not, not to sound judgy, but I, I mean, but fuck it. I'm being a bit, I'm being judgy. Yeah, fuck yeah, it. yeah. Well, um, no. I mean, I think you're being judgy on the sheer fact that, like, as adults, you ha you have to face problems. You have to deal with conflict. And the only way your kids are going to learn how to deal with conflict is because you deal with conflict. And if you don't deal with conflict and you just ignore people, then that's what they're going to do. And that's not necessarily healthy or kind or conducive to growing a relationship, especially one that has started very late. And you have yeah. a lot of kind of making up to do, not Todd's fault, because I believe he didn't know he had a kid until I much think that's later. The case. So, like, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not calling him out on that, but, you know, I think you have to put in the extra effort when you suddenly become the father of a teenager. Yeah. Um, cool. Shall we head on over to Thailand? Yes. Let's go to Below Deck, where, uh, to quote Ashton, everybody is rough as nails. <laughs> Rough as nails. <laughs> so let's look at the polls uh, we did about Below Deck. It was a uh, cracker 
episode this season or this episode. Uh, we did a whose side are you on, Brian versus Kate, and forty-two percent of you are on Brian's side. Fifty-eight percent of you are on Kate's side, which is which is fairly split. Interestingly, uh, when you read that out to me the first time, I think my brain heard Brian as Ashton. Um, in that instance, yeah, I'm definitely on Kate's side. You don't call somebody a bitch. You certainly don't call somebody who's higher in rank than you a bitch. Right. And that fucking matters on a boat. So I think he's wrong. Um, but actually, I think between Ashton and Kate, I said this to you before, I actually think they're both as bad as each other. I do think Ashton should have called Brian out on calling Kate a bitch in a professional, on a professional level. On a personal level, I can understand that he was pissed off with Kate for being late and not respecting and blah, blah, blah. But he's he's got to figure out the difference and he should have made, yeah. he should have had a word with Brian. Also, everybody is drunk as fuck right now. Like, nobody is thinking properly. Uh-huh. We did the other poll about, is Kate being unfair towards Ashton? 63% of you said yes. 37% of you said no. Um, we also ran a poll about, does I'm sorry you feel that way actually mean I'm sorry? <laughs> and 100% of you said no, so you're good people. <laughs> um, oh, good. Because I feel like we had a few weirdos on the polls last week. Yeah, we, we had a couple of uh, TV My Husband Hate tourists uh, <laughs> participating in the polls last week tourists Um, have gone back home clearly yes we also did a poll about who does a better table kate versus hannah and 73 percent of you agreed with me and said kate 27 percent of you thought hannah did a better table we talked about does tanner understand respect all of these we'll go into in a minute um 93 of you said no he doesn't seven percent of you said yes i wonder if that was tanner Um, (laughs) we saw the beach trip be canceled this episode and we ran a poll. Do you think Ashton was being too cautious or do we finally see him acting as a bosun? 71% of you said we finally see him acting like a bosun and 29% of you said he's being too cautious. I don't know maritime law, so I don't, I don't really understand about depth and It didn't look that rocky to me, that choppy to me, but, but what do I know? I feel like it's probably a combination of the two. I mean, obviously, these are the guests that have the little kids on board. And so I think yeah. because he got hurt, like that little boy got cut last season. <laughs> oh, it was just a comedy of errors. Gla- yeah, I think that they were re- they were probably trying to be a little overprotective. Um, also, also, can did- I just, can I just yeah, say quickly ahead. there, Thailand, this, this whole season has actually put me off Thailand. I mean, don't get me really? wrong. It's put me off Thailand. That's so strange. I just look so fucking dangerous between sea urchins and jellyfish. I mean, I don't like jellyfish at all. Like jellyfish are my thing. So that has put me off. But um, then Brian cut his leg and it basically nearly fell off. Like Tanner was chucking his guts up. Kevin landed and he's chucking his guts up. I don't know. I think there's, I just, it all seems a bit messy to me. Yeah. So we did a, um, I don't know. I, I'm still quite interested in it. I'm not saying yeah to kind of like blow you off. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I also hate jellyfish, but I do think it looks amazing. And maybe it does. we could just drive to another island. Like, did the beach picnic have to happen right there? Like, couldn't they just go to another know. island? Yeah. I guess we'll never know. Maybe I'm just geographically... Uh, yeah. Ignorant. Maybe, maybe it's and don't farther, understand. further than we think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, we did do a, we got your responses on how do you describe a hangover based on Ashton's rough as nails. And I would have to say one of my favorites is um, from Caliber 21 saying, I feel like a seven layer shit dip. Oh, I know that feeling I think that's well. brilliant. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think what I say. Oh, rough as a badger's ass. Yeah, I think that's good. It's quite northern though. Rough as a badger's ass. Ah, I love it when you do a northern accent. I know. It's my roots. Um, so yeah, back to the show. So yeah, I think it was a really good episode. Uh, I loved this one. I am really interested to see, Riley's only been here for a few days at this point, even though it feels like she's been here for right. Thank God we got rid of the other girl. I can't, Abby. I, mean, I, can't, I couldn't even remember her name the other day. I couldn't then. Thank God you did. I had no idea who she is. Abby yeah. who? Um, so she's on. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see this dynamic between her and the boys play out again. And and I have to say, I know she's feisty as fuck and I know she doesn't always handle it well. But I get it must be a constant frustration to her to not be heard, to not be given room to speak, to be constantly consistently frozen out of conversations or bitched right. about about the fucking knots behind her back. And she's got a touch of the Kelly in her, in that she, yeah. Kelly Dodd, in that yeah. once she's mad, there's no like you there's no two-way conversation. Right. Um but I don't like the way the boys are like, she's really difficult and watch your words with her. Like, yes, watch yeah. your words with her and stop being a disrespectful misogynist maybe use different less misogynistic fucking words and she won't be right. so difficult whenever anybody has ever told me just to calm down like i get i get red rage like oh, yeah. i want to punch you in the throat i do not hear sense after you've told me that and i don't think that's uncommon like i don't under i don't know if men just don't understand where what that phrase does to women where it kind of conjures up that like you're being hysterical and you're being emotional and all these like throwback yeah. feminine stereotypes men the 3% of you who are listening probably understand this <laughs> but like you just can't say those words like no. it it is the epitome of what every fucking woman hates to hear from a man and because when when a man does it, yeah. when he like shouts and screams, he's fucking passionate. But right. when a woman does it, they're hysterical or they're yeah. difficult. And that is, and so that whole, what's imbued in that whole calm down thing, never in the history of telling people to calm down no. has it actually ever made anybody calm down. No. I mean, so, 100% so, when I, I use it with my kids, they just go apeshit crazy, which yeah. I understand. But, but no. And, and yet we still do it. I do it as well. Yeah. So fuck knows. <laughs> But they're boys, what? so I can but, say that to them. <laughs> yeah, but there really is. And I think that's the difference. There really yeah. is. It's a bit like um, it's a bit like in bloody Dallas. Like, Carrie can call herself a Mexican, but when Leanne does it, it's, it's fucking racist. Right. You know, it's, I can tell you to calm down. I can tell my kids to calm down. But a man telling me to calm down just has a whole fucking different set of connotations. Yeah. And that's why Riley gets riled up. And the As boys just don't get it because they are boys. Yeah. And they're, and they're they kind are. of asshole boys too. I mean, we're not talking about the most enlightened group of dudes here. Like we're talking Bruce. about very young Bruise, whatever that fucking word is, that it drives me insane. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're not talking about like in touch with our feelings, dudes, mostly, and it's just ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm Team Riley, a hundred percent on that fight. Me too, and I love that she keeps going for it. Like this is what I love about Riley. You could think that she might just get sick of it and just like let it slide. Every time it happens, she fucking fights back, and I love that because. You know, you let it slide once and then it's done. Yeah, that's it. 
you know, she's not going to let it go. And they're too stupid to realize what's happening. Um, but Riley, if you listen, uh, I want you to know that we're rooting for you. Keep fucking fighting the good fight. Hell yes. Um, I just put this episode that we also saw the boat exploding. We saw smoke in the kitchen. There's problems on the deck. Like everything's just happening. Beach party was canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously Kevin's still wearing his "It's not my fault" pants, um, and his yeah. uh, Clark Kent glasses. I did Ugh. notice that today, but he did he wore them during the the preference sheet meeting as well. So not just going out, he had them on on the interesting, boat. interesting. Yes. Glasses Let's, watch will continue. I mean, yeah, we'll keep an eye on this. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they get this. Obviously, this charter group were here last year as well, and it was pretty awful for them. Then the kid broke like cut himself from broken glass yeah i can't remember what else they happened. dropped it was a lady a- on the beach and like oh, her God, yes. yeah. <laughs> he dropped her on a concrete block i mean that beach that beach picnic was like doomed from the beginning that they even put it on the preference sheet it's like these people can't handle a beach party they're too afraid of fucking up because of what happened last um yeah last season and yeah just just let it go no beach party for you um uh, yeah, sorry if you can hear my kids screaming. By the way, we can't. We're all uh, we're all good. Um, we might have just got rid of dummies. That could be what what's going on yeah, there. Um, that's fine. So yeah, I think uh, I think it all goes a little bit chaotic as well. But I also think that the crew are in kind of a dark place at the moment. Yeah. Like obviously, there's this very open kind of ir- issue with Kate and her attitude, and Ashton isn't handling that brilliantly. I don't think. Um, but. Also, I just think that it's we're at this stage now where everybody's just waiting for somebody else to fuck up and revel in it. Like right. when there's a hair on the food, Kate's like you could she's delighted that she gets to tell Kevin that he's fucked yeah. up the food. And I think now we're in a position where that's a really dangerous situation to be but in. But you know what? Sorry, just speaking on that, I thought he took that really, really well. Like I was expecting a blow up, and he was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, he apologized to Kate. He was like, "That's so embarrassing. Let me get you another plate." Like. That actually surprised me in their dynamic. Um, they actually surprised me this episode because they were like high-fiving about family meals. He didn't explode about the plate coming back. She didn't explode at him about the hair. Like that kind of took me off guard because I was expecting like some crazy shit to come from that. Yeah, and also I think it was interesting this episode that that, you know, we talked a little bit last week about how Captain Lee has perhaps kind of fostered this idea of allowing Kate to get away with a little bit more than everybody else. Um, And he does admit, he says, look, I've worked with her for five years. She's earned a certain degree of preferential treatment, which is fine. I can respect that. But, but but he does bring her in and he does sit her down and he does say, and it's not okay. And she sits there looking as rough as fucking dog shit. And I love Kate, but she is not in a good place. And she's, she was in the Tamra place. Like, she's right, so drunk. Right. She's just hysterically crying. She's hiding in the bushes. <laughs> she, she's, she's, you know, she won't let Riley tidy the room. And, you yeah, know, it's yeah. all just too much. Um, and I wondered if maybe Kate had got a little bit like Hannah had in Below ah. Deck Med. Maybe kind of a little bit. Is she a bit jaded? Has she been doing right. it a little bit too long? Is she just... I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had to deal with... Ashton and Tanner and right. uh, Brian day in, day out too. Maybe I'd be fucking jaded. 
Yeah, I think she just needs a break. And I think like her break day wasn't necessarily a break day. Cause we've got like, you know, Ashton did cannonballs in the pool, which subsequently damaged DJ equipment that he now has to pay for. <laughs> a thousand dollars for the come to Jesus uh, meeting. Uh, oh my God. But- that moment when he gets the email and it's like a proper God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love his God damn it. They're, they're incredible. I love it too. Um, but yeah, so I think we uh, see the culmination of all of this next week um, with, I think that's when Kate kind of storms off the boat, which has been the teaser we've been seeing for ages. So fingers crossed that's next week and we'll uh, we'll see what happens then. Yeah, well, I think we get a very, very serious case of smashed in next week. Oh um, God. I know. I don't know if I'm ready. Gird your loins, people. Gird your <laughs> loins. Um yeah, so uh, I think we we'll just have to wait and see, but um, but it's going to be. I think it's definitely going to be fiery for sure. Yeah, for sure. I saw um, there was a Watch What Happens Live with both Kate and Riley on it, and it was pretty interesting. And I think there they showed some extra bonus clips of the episode next week, and we're going to need to devote, I think, quite a bit of time to it. So look forward well, to that. Good thing there's only two shows next week. And also, have you seen on on Instagram, I don't know whether, whether it's Bravo or whether it's Watch What Happens Live, but they've been doing these like mini sort of interviews for social only. So they did some with Kate being asked about, Brian and Kate being asked about separately about being called a yachty. Um, there's quite a lot of content coming out there that's giving you a bit of behind the scenes stuff. So yeah. if you can check those out, have a look because they're quite interesting. Yeah, no, um, they definitely are. And then before we just move on from Thailand, Simone and Tanner. Oh, yeah. I, I'm Simone, I love you. I respect you as a woman. I respect the choices that you want to make. But, dude, like, it, enough is enough. Either, yeah. either stop, stop answering his fucking booty calls or right. stop bitching and moaning about it. And also, it's very hard to demand respect when he's like clicking his fingers and you're running and you're along. jumping like, into bed. Yeah. You can't have both. No, if that's you, not the way it works. Uh, and I, you know, and I'm not saying you can't do that, but if you're yeah. looking for like, if you're looking, if you're going to jump when he calls and you want respect, the two are mutually exclusive. I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, I think, I think you have to be older to be able to have like that booty call with respect kind of thing like that's more friends with benefit territory uh versus straight up booty call and i don't think either of them are there yet and i don't necessarily think it's all tanner's fault but us and i don't think it's all simone's fault i think they're both just playing a really kind of like just i don't know kind of a boring game like i'm I'm over it like just be done with it and move on (laughs) me too um okay so to the oc OC finale. So this is uh, the last episode of the season, and it is all about Vicky. I mean, they, to give Shannon and Tamara credit, they have thrown a beautiful party. The fact that this is only an engagement party, like I have been to weddings that weren't as good as that. Right, right. Probably my own included. Like that (laughs) looked... Yours was amazing. (laughs) Shut your face. (laughs) That looked amazing. They did a great job. Um of course, the uh, engagement party was brought to you by Don Julio. So there was a lot of uh, tequila that got... And we got, like, tequila Tamara, didn't we? Oh, my God. She was drunk as fuck. She had, like, one eye on the kettle, one eye on the boobs. Like, the girl could <laughs> barely move. Like, she, it. W- I've never seen her that 
obviously drunk. No, like she was fucking hammered. And you know what? I want to take a moment and say massive props to Eddie because like he handles a drunk wife with pure perfection. Yeah. Yeah. He just like laughs along with her, puts her in the car and drives her home. Like there's no screaming Picks her out of a bush. Yeah. Puts her in a car. There's no fighting, you know, like he doesn't throw gasoline on the fire or tequila on the hair on fire, as we've also seen in this episode. He doesn't, he doesn't add to the crazy. He just like takes it down a notch and gets her the fuck home. And you know what? I bet he has a word with her the next day because he has said to her, we see, we see him say, don't drink too much. And obviously she doesn't heed that advice. Um, So I've no doubt that he's like pissed. But he gets that now is not the time to have the fight. Absolutely. Um, I think that is a good segue into our polls for this week. So we asked you guys, do you think uh, it's third time a time? Ugh, if I can get this out. Is third time a charm for Vicky? 89% of you say no way. 11% of you say, of course. Oh, poor Vicky. Yeah. Never gonna happen, never gonna happen. You know, one thing never. I was... I was just thinking is that, I mean, it all seems like all of this relationship kind of drama has been quite close to like her split with Don. Like she split with Don and she got like right with Brooks. And then that was a crazy four years. And then she's gotten right with Steve. I think she's a girl that needs to be with someone. And I think that's fine, but I don't necessarily know if she's ready for someone. If that makes sense. I, I mean, know. listen, I fully agree. I think she needs to be with somebody. And I don't think for Vicky, it's a case of time making her ready. I think emotionally yeah. and mentally, she's not done enough therapy. And frankly, I love her and I, I wish her the best. But it, it, she, I just don't know if she's mentally and emotionally capable of right. being in, in a relationship in that way. But maybe I, I hope to God she proves me wrong and her and Steve ride off into the sunset. Absolutely. Um, We also see at the beginning of this episode, Shannon goes on a date with a guy named Duff Evans, who was the baby daddy for Tammy Knickerbocker, who is a season one (laughs) OC. Um, So we asked on a sticker uh, what you guys thought of him. And some answers were initially, I thought he was handsome. And then I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm with her as well. I mean, he's a good looking guy. He was a good looking guy in season one, but he was also an asshole. And it turns out he's still an asshole. Yeah. And then we got thirsty, gross, tool bag, dull, (laughs) creepy as fuck. (laughs) That That just about sums it up. (laughs) That date was so fucking like awkward. So just awkward. Like, I mean, they, I, and maybe, maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. Like they've known each other for probably years because I mean, he's been working with Vicky since season, like for 15 years. So I think they've probably been in social circles together or whatever, but like just some of the shit he was saying, it's just like, is this what like old single dudes are like? Do you know what? I, I gross, wrote man. down that I really felt for anybody who was still, who was like on, goes back on the dating scene after being off it for a certain period of time, because like you just see these just car crash dates and these people yeah. that don't know how to interact with other human beings on like a normal level. And I really felt for Shannon, but also actually I didn't feel for Shannon because she's tough as old boots and I like oh, her man. a lot. And she I think she's like, like fuck it, just sign it, send it off to the fuck it bucket and move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, and obviously we know that she's very happily hooked up with somebody else at the moment whose name escapes me, but I think it might be John. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Is it? 
Yeah, I think did I just John. get a name right? You got a name right. I think this is Holy a one for the books. Holy shit! He the also end of the kids. world must be nigh. Yeah, yeah. He has kids. I think they're incredibly happy with each other. Um, one other thing that we put up on our stories was the picture of Tamara peeking out of the bushes. <laughs> and I asked you guys to caption it, and we got some pretty funny comments. <laughs> she just looks so fucking like she has no I'm idea where she so is. I'm so sorry. I cried with laughter. So some like, of the answers were, do I get a cabaret show now? Which is totally <laughs> a Luann Deliceps connection, which I love. Um, somebody else wrote, sacked. One other person wrote, so fucking funny. Somebody else wrote, I need a coffee. I drank too much and I need to get home. And uh, another one was, I'm getting fired from this job. <laughs> Bless her. Bless her and her little bush antics. Um Gina, I thought Gina got a really rough deal. She's just there trying to help a girl out. Just she's none of the other fucking amigas were chasing after Tamara to find out if she was okay. Gina's no. there helping her out, and Tamara's losing her shit with her. And then yeah. the other two would turn up, and then they you all go, "You don't know. You don't know." I was like, I... "The fuck are we in the Twilight Zone?" I have big love for Gina in that moment because A, Tamara went after her for no fucking reason. And Gina's like, fuck that shit. Like, she's not going to just do this and then storm out of here. I'm going after them. So she went after her and then ended up like coaxing her out of the bush like a drunken, frightened animal. Yeah, where were the other Amigas at that point? Nowhere. What is going on? Well, then Shannon came out and like, then they're crying. But like, I can't get the you don't know out of my head. I, I think that's the drinking game for that episode. You will be fucked. You'll be as fucked as Tamara hiding in a bush it if you so drink dark. every time they said you don't know. I do I do love Gina. Although, you know, she's 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 gone back with Matt. We know for sure that they've reconciled now. And I think she's just like I, I sort of want to talk well, we about, know in the talk show. about it. We know in the show, but not in real life. Yes, of course. And yeah. we talked about how that's kind of ruining the, the yeah. vibe for us a little bit. Um, but even so, she's definitely over-egging the fucking... He's changed. He's so committed. Yeah. It's like, we can all see where this is going. Right, um, right. But yeah, Tamara in the Bush is a, a season highlight for me. This engagement party is wild because we've got like... That obviously goes on at the end of the night, but we have like Emily and Shane at the table fighting about like the bar results. Like, you know how, like, Shane constantly gives Emily shit when, like, she doesn't want to eat bread or she wants to do all this stuff and she just just fucking pokes at her. Yeah, so Emily tries to do the same with him about the bar results and he gets his fucking panties in a twist. He gives her the fucking stink eye like I have never seen. He is so despicable and... When he finds out about her hip, like there's a little bit of me when he sh- she's like, I'm going to call daddy and, and tell him about the hip. Right. I was really sorry about my kids screaming. It is like a lot. Um, uh, let me just gather my thoughts. Um, yes. Yeah, and there's a little bit of me that's like, May- do you know what? Maybe he'll say something nice. Right. And what he said, she's like, I've got to have a hip replacement. He's like, yeah, you let it go way too long. Right, because she was watching all the children while you were studying for the fucking bar exam, asshole. (laughs) Which you failed, by the way, and she passed first time. So stop being such an asshat and just try. And even if you, do you know what, Shane? Even if you can't say anything loving, like, just, just don't say anything at all. Or you could just say, oh man, that sucks. 
Yeah. Emily would Anything. have been fucking happy with that. But, but, you know, how hard is it to go, oh, babe, I'm sorry. You know what? Like, we'll figure it out, whatever you need. Like, don't worry about it. We've got this. Right. Like, like she's I right. can take That's care of the kids while you recover. I can do all this stuff for you, you know. It's just not, it's just not that kind of marriage. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So we'll, I mean, I, I still think that she's trying to hold on to this marriage in real yeah. life. Like I keep trying to sleuth. Um, yeah, they're still together. I really hope that she does get to a point, if this is still going on, I really hope she gets to a point where she knows that she's worth way more than that. Absolutely. Um, what else do we have in this engagement party? Oh, when Kelly, Kelly shows up, that like super awkward moment between her and Vicky and it just being fucking weird. And <laughs> on the one hand, I totally understand why Kelly went. But on the other hand, like part of me is like, can you, we just like, just be done. Yeah. Like, if you don't like her, don't go to her engagement part. Like just let it go. I know. Just walk away. Just know yeah. when, you know, know when it's done. I mean, I get that she wanted to put her kind of new Zen vibe into action. Um, And she really tries. Like, God bless her soul. She doesn't come naturally to her uh, in any way, shape, or form. But she does actually more or less manage to get through without losing her shit, even when there is a little bit of conflict. Right. She just about holds on. So for that, I can give her credit. Having said that, I also understand why Tamara and Shannon are as infuriated as they are. Sure, they're being sued for something that they did wrong. I'm sure that they can own that. But Kelly has, in some way, we're not entirely sure how, made this worse. And, you know, to be paying $300,000 of legal fees is a significant... I mean, that would make me fucking salty. So I think what happened was... Kelly was pissed at them, and she reached out to Jim Bellino and was like, how can I help you? in this lawsuit against them. So that's why they're pissed. I totally understand why. Like, you just don't do that. And um, Shannon on Watch What Happens Live kind of opens up about it and was just like, you know, I went over to her house when all this was happening and just like broke down and cried and had like this big teary moment with her where she was like, I totally get it. Like, it's really fucking wrong what he's doing to you. And then she went and was like, how can I help you get them? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I could yeah. be, I don't think I could really forgive that at that point. That's a hugely it's real damaging, life shit, right? It's like, real it's not life just shit. TV entertainment. Exactly. It's fucking, it's a shit tons of money. It's lawyers involved. It's all this bullshit. And it's fucking Jim Bellino. Like, I never liked the guy when he was on the show. He makes my fucking skin crawl. So anytime you have to like interact with him, it's just even worse, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, no, I 100% agree. I, I'm really excited to see the finale. We're going to do a mini-sode about it, but I just, I can't wait to watch the crazy that you've already seen the first one. Uh, yeah. So oh, you give me man. a few, but I, I, it's yeah. definitely worth a watch is the word on the street. Um, before we leave the OC though, I would just like to touch on Dr. Deb and Bronwyn yes. and their fucking crazy yoga session and the chat the about yoga. parenting. Yeah. It's a Bhati yoga chat um, where Dr. Deb opens up about uh, apparently the only two types of parents you can be are a parent that sends your kids to boarding school or a helicopter parent. Yeah, apparently there's nothing in between. Uh, so so I yeah. guess I'd be a helicopter parent. But for, uh, from somebody who came, who went to boarding school, um, I, I do think, oh, this is going to, I do think it, 
causes damage. And I'm not saying that that damage isn't necessarily evenly outweighed by the benefits that you also get from it. Yeah. But I think to deny that there's any kind of emotional fallout from sending your kid to boarding school is a little naive. Um, And I think... And I think Bronwyn, Dr. Deb does that shit apology thing where she's like, do I think Bronwyn was damaged by going to boarding school? Well, I think Bronwyn thinks she was damaged. Right, You know, it's, it's, it is, I mean, I'm fine. I'm not damaged. But there are definitely things that I've had to work through. And there are things that it's impacted. So I think that kind of really touched a bit of a nerve with me. But also, um, I feel for Bronwyn a little bit too, because I feel like there's this real hurt in her this constant need for her mum's approval like right. she will literally do anything to make this woman like happy. pay for and bhati a, yoga in the backyard right. and there's a real when there's a imbalance in that kind of relationship it doesn't feel completely healthy no and so here's the thing like i i really tried to think about this because i was like okay if dr deb was going to medical school and the choice was that like her kid sits in daycare while her mom's studying all the time, or boarding school, maybe she tried to make the most responsible decision. I think if she felt that way, she could have actually said that and been like, you know what, I'm really sorry if it ended up hurting you. I was trying to do the best for both of us to become a doctor and be able to, you know, take care of us. That's the decision that I had to make in the moment. And I think if she came from it that way, but I feel like she comes from a more like, fuck you, I was doing me, don't judge me for it kind of way. Like, it just I think there's a real right. defensiveness in her. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, I think she probably feels guilt about it. And I think... As she sh- uh, yeah, as she, fine. You know, which is fine. Which is fine, but acknowledge that. And, right. and like you say, say, this was the decision I had to make. Maybe it wasn't the 100% the right decision. Right. But actually, you know what, this is what we all got out of it. But instead, I think she's like, "Ah, oh, well, if you if you if you're angry that I sent my kids to boarding school, then you're a weird helicopter parent." Well, and, and I, I thought, feel well, like that was kind of a little dig. It was at a huge Bronwyn dig for her brown one being a helicopter parent, which you know, from what I've seen, I don't think she is. But I don't you know. think it's possible to be a helicopter parent to seven children. No, no, absolutely not. Like maybe she was with the first two, but maybe. the other ones quickly came. So there was no way she had time to helicopter parent all those kids. No way in on God's green earth. Um, anyway, I think it's interesting. I've still yet to, to find a mother figure in this Housewife series that I actually feel is healthy and good. Yeah, no, and strong. none of them are. Um. And I don't mean that as in the housewives as mothers. I mean their yeah, mothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mothers of the housewives. Yes. Got it. Um, Jersey. Jersey. I am not ashamed to say that I flat out bawled through parts of this episode. It was such an emotional episode. Do you want to do the polls first or chat about the episode yes, first? Yes, do the polls. Polls. Okay. So, I asked you guys, is it weird that Marty is still friends with Marge and Joe? 36% of you said yes, 64% of you said no. I actually voted yes on this because, like, they came through Danielle. But then I've kind of had mixed feelings about it because Danielle kicked them out. So, why should they have to lose Marty, too? I don't know. Yeah, I guess as well that Marty sort of went to them at a point when Danielle, when he, he felt like Danielle had showed her true colors and they were actually right. So, I guess it was like a sort of... I, I'm sorry, you were right, and now can you help me get through this shitstorm? Right. The next question I asked is Danielle playing Marty, and what is so funny about this is obviously these are still live and people are still voting because when I looked at this 
30 minutes ago, it was 100% yes. Now 96% of you said yes, and 4% of you say no, that she's not playing Marty. That's just Danielle then. She's a hundred percent playing Marty for that house. She wants the house. She, yeah. I mean, she said it to she Teresa, it, right? And this like, new guy Oliver is going to help is her bankrolling it. And then, but she's still sleeping with Marty. Like it is such a fucked up situation. Anybody who thinks yeah. that 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 uh, was name Danielle is not a sociopath is right. Crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I also asked you guys, did you agree with Joe being so frank with Gia about her dad? Cause we had that, that moment where Joe is like, you know, if, if you tell him he doesn't have to fight anymore, he won't like, he's yeah. doing this all for you. 92% of you do agree with Joe and 8% of you don't. Um, I'm, I'm a hundred percent team Joe. I think he did absolutely the right thing. I think he handled a really difficult situation, right? Because it wasn't really, Teresa could have said it, but it wasn't really no. her place to say it. And yeah. I think, um, I think Joe came in and I think I can really admire how seriously he's taking his role in this girl's, Absolutely. in these girls' life while Joey is, while the other Joe is yeah. away. Um, but yeah, I, I really felt for Gia, for Adriana, I felt for Teresa. I mean, the yeah. whole thing had me in tears. Yeah, this episode was a, a vi- like was totes emotion. It was totes emotion. It was, totally. and I'm not prepared. I'm too tired and hormonal for this shit right now. And I, <laughs> I just, just, it, I think we talked about this before. It really brought home that the impact that this whole situation, whether or not the government are making an, ex- you know, a, a, yeah, whatever example. it is that's going on, an example out of him. Actually, there's four girls who are without their dad. And he might not be the best dad. He might be far from the best dad. But like Melissa says, it it wasn't the greatest relationship between my mom and dad, but I needed my dad. Yeah. And I mean, and it's not even just the girls. I mean, it's Melissa and Joe's kids with their Uncle Joe. And it's No-No, you know, with his son-in-law. And just like... All of it was just really, really touching. I I mean, massive props to Joe for trying, like Joe Gorga, for really trying to step up and like be a father figure in these girls' lives. Also to Teresa's father, like he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, the relationship those girls have with their grandfather is beautiful. And Um, just the sadness that man carries around with him. Like you can see it like Oh my gosh, the moment shoulders. they talk about their mother they, and they he pray just to them, he just down. bursts into tears. Like, oh. I honestly, I could cry now. It's yeah. so dead. Like, to love somebody that much that four or five years on from the death of yeah. your wife, like, just hearing the mere mention, a reference to her yeah. sends you into, into such devastation is that's the kind of love. That 100%. you want to end up with, and that's, um, that's not hooking up on a boat, love. That's no, that's forty years of time yeah. and effort, and it's all the uh, ugly stuff, all the yeah. beautiful stuff. It's the painful stuff. It's the boring day to day fucking absolutely minutiae that you shared. That um, yeah, it just breaks my no. heart for him. Absolutely. And the last poll we had about the Real Housewives of New Jersey was, will Dolores get her happy ending with David? And this one was kind of surprising to me. Um, 87% of you say no, and 13% of you say yes. Um, That's interesting. How do you feel about that, Kat? Well, I, do you know what? I, I'm surprised it's that 
it's that emphatic. I yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, but right. I would I would have thought it would have been closer down the middle, honestly. I'm surprised that 84% think that she's not going to that he's not going to commit, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. You know, I'm still really torn on whether she wants him to commit, and I know that may sound weird because I think by by all accounts Dolores is a pretty traditional Italian gal and probably wants those things, but I don't know. I voted no, but then I'm rethinking. I also do these like right after I put them up. So I have a lot of time to kind of ponder my decision. I guess we'll see. I I mean, I guess when I think about David's face, when he gets put on the spot, it doesn't inspire me with confidence, but at the same time, he could also just be bad on TV. Like, yeah, this is just a a lot. He's not just a normal dude. Like he's a pretty high powered surgeon yeah. And they're all a little weird anyway. Like surgeons in general are pretty weird, like because they have to be so focused on their craft. They're a little like they're they're pretty one track minded. That's the sound of all the surgeons listening, uh, deleting our podcast. <laughs> well, I think no, I mean I th- I think you'd agree. Like no, I know what you mean. my son's heart surgeon, he was a little off, but that man puts together baby hearts. Like you can be off when you can do that shit. Like it's totally hundred percent. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what it is with him. Um, I think we've seen some good parts of David. I think we've seen some not good parts. He does show up for Easter, which is all she kind of really asked him for. And he did it. So I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if Dolores is clear about she, what she wants in her future. So I think until that happens, we're not going to know whether David's going to give it to her or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess you only know what we we only see what we see on TV, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the real story lives in the gaps in between, so only time will tell. But you know what? While Dolores is happy doing the thing, then let her do it. Yeah. All right. So we kind of touched on Easter. Do we need to speak on that anymore? I um, one thing I do love admits the tears. Sorry, I ask you a question, then I just keep talking That's like fine. I'm just going to answer worry. them all. Um, <laughs> one thing about this Easter, <laughs> this Easter um, get together with Teresa and Joe and Melissa is I love that Teresa and Melissa are in a place where they can fucking laugh about the goddamn sprinkle cookies. Fucking sprinkle cookies. Um, yeah, I do too. And I think like Melissa kind of calls it and she says, it's shit that this is what has brought us together. Right. But I guess that what the Joey situation has sh- has just really just puts everything into perspective, right? And you can all start to appreciate what the true meaning of family is. And I think Absolutely. that all the petty bullshit, even Teresa has been able to put aside and go, I fucking, this family is my village and I need my village more than ever. And even right. she has been able to recognize um, that. And I think Melissa just needed this, like Melissa was always there, I think. She just needed Teresa to be on board. And I think right. it's cool, like watching them around that Easter table. I mean, I know they're all mental. I get that. Yeah. And then, you know, I understand that they are mad as a box of frogs and it's not real life. But for them, like, yeah. here's the thing, it is their real life and this is their real family. And watching them sit around that Easter table um, and just felt nothing but love in the room. And actually that conversation when Joe was on the phone from prison yeah. was so lovely. It was, was the only way yeah. that I could say so it was so it was just filled with laughter and love for the sake of the kids in that moment. Um, I mean, I was crying before they even put the phone down. Like when Joe, yeah. Joey Gorga got the phone, oh, the whole thing it just gets was too teary. much for me. It was, yeah. it was too much for me. 
Yeah, the little one telling him that like she missed his lamb chops and like oh. I, like oh, was <laughs> <Ms>. totes emotion. <laughs> and also because Adriana's not that far off Billy's age, so no, you know, she's like, like six. She's yeah, well, she's Adriana's I think nine, so they're oh, like three years. But but even so, you just you always relate it to your own situation, and the yeah. thought of having to see my kid be that upset about the fact that their dad wasn't there. Right. It was just way too much for me to handle well, today. Uh, yeah. So even her being nine, like she was four. Yeah. When her parents started going away, like her mom oh. went away. <sighs> Think of this little four-year-old whose mom goes to jail. Then I her can't. mom gets back and her dad goes to jail. Like and that's, just seeing that's those flashbacks, major life stuff. It's yeah. major. And those flashbacks of Joey with her, like Doing brushing her hair. Her hair and, yeah. Oh, God. It was all too much. And a little four-year-old face. I think we have to move on. I think we're all yeah. in the same place. Let's, but let's I, move on. Let's move on from the emo moment. I can't relive this. Um, um, I mean, I guess I'd like to touch a little bit on Jennifer in this episode as well. I know we didn't talk about that. I'm throwing that yeah, in. It's go for it. Works, but yeah, that's fine. I, I really feel like... I, I, I do feel a bit like Jennifer's very caught up in herself and her lifestyle. And I think that she could be giving a little bit more to Gabby, especially with the bullying thing. Yeah. Like, I didn't like the way that her answer was, you're just going to have to learn to deal with it. you just got to coexist. you just got to do this. It's like the most awful thing in Gabby's life right now. Right, like it's right. going to school and dreading it and having people throw balls at you. That's as shit as it gets when you're that age. Absolutely. And I just feel like Jennifer could be a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more emotionally available to talk to her daughter about this. And I get we're getting a snippet, so maybe she is right, behind right. the scenes. But it doesn't indicate that that's the case. Yeah. Um, Bullying's fucking tricky, man. Like, you know, because obviously you don't want your kid to turn into a bully back to people. And you want to prepare them for real life. And then you also just want to fucking rack the, wrap them up and keep them home. Like, yeah. you know, I, I have no idea. My kids are not, I mean, my oldest is in school, but we're not really to the age I think where dudes start bullying each other yet. So we're not really seeing that a lot. I I have no idea. I mean, I think I think she could devote more time and energy to it, like she did with her brother. Like her brother comes to visit, and we hear all about you know the struggles that he had, the struggles with his parents that he has, and how open and understanding she is about that. I don't know. I don't know if she's affording the same time and effort to her daughter off camera, yeah. and we're just not seeing it. But I mean, part of me wanted to shake her and just be like, it'd be like if Teresa told you she fucking hated you. How would you feel then? Would yeah, you be able or just to Teresa get on threw with a it? ball in your face. How would you like that? <laughs> I would love to see that, by the way. I would love to see that too. I mean, it's not like she couldn't get her husband to fix it for her afterwards. Yeah. No harm, um, no foul. But yeah, and then and then in another little interesting kind of bit it was obviously that conversation with Jackie and her dad. And oh, God. when he shows the video. And we learn as well that he's obviously a massive gambler and that nothing came between him and the yeah. table whatever that was you know that's a kind of shitty way to feel when you're a kid um, well, that, and like it's pretty shitty for your dad to be like who's that big girl like in front of screen, your kids in front of your kids oh, and then like the Jackie is like awful. you know I was over 200 pounds at that time like you know you know and, and then, he's like and but look at you now around. right it, your eating disorder was almost worth it like fuck you old man yeah it's so weird that I you know I guess we all do, and it's very easy to see when you're looking from at somebody else's situation. Totally. But 
it's amazing what we forgive our parents for or, or what we accept from our parents Absol- in terms of yeah. behavior that uh, we'd never accept from anybody no. else. And I would say accept rather than forgive a hundred percent. Like we take it. I don't, I don't think Jackie's okay with it. Yeah. Um, and actually I, I kind of applauded Jackie for being like, do you like really standing up for herself and be like, do you understand that was hell for me? Like yeah. for 20 years, I lived in my own personal hell. Like, I don't think you understand. And Yeah, that story about the way that she used to stop herself eating by getting trash from the rubbish and putting it in her meal so she couldn't eat it. Like, that's that's really dark stuff. And for your dad to not appreciate the level of suffering that she was going through must be a pretty tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, she was talking about how, like, they had a special needs little brother who really took up a lot of their parents' time and effort. Like, no, I mean, obviously her parents have no idea what she was going through. And I think that's really highlighted by his by his comments. Like, they, they I don't think they understood. And I yeah. still don't think they understand no. where she was at. And I can appreciate that. But I do think, you know, if your kid yeah. nearly dies from something, yeah, you, need to you get probably... Yeah, you probably need to wise up a little bit about Just that listen. situation. She's telling you. Just listen. Yeah. Um, is it time to move to Texas? It is time for the uh, Real Housewives of Dallas season finale. We've had a lot of season finales this week, um, so that'll We're be going a lot of out. We're going out with a bang on this Going one. out with There's a some pretty big, heavy chat coming bang. up right now. Yeah, First off, I would like to give a massive shout out to uh, Cameron Westcott. You, my friend, wasn't wasn't a big fan of you at the beginning of the season. Well, no, I liked you in the beginning of the season. It took a massive dip. It was there for a long time, but we holy could barely even say shit, her name, girl. Fucking massive props. You in this episode fucking killed it. I agree. She really handled a very tricky situation. Yes. In a grown-up way, which is unusual for this enterprise. Let's all make yeah. let's all be clear about that. Um, and she decided to tell Carrie, to be honest with her, to to tell her what Leanne had been saying, including all the racist stuff. And I'm calling it racist, and we can discuss that later. Um, and then the moment she got into that party, she went straight to Leanne and said, "By the way, I have said this. I've spilled the beans." Um, and I just think, you know what, Cameron. Way to go for handling something like an adult. For being classy, for being direct, and yeah. being elegant. And then also having a husband that's going to come and make up some bullshit to get you out of an uncomfortable situation. Like, I loved everything about that. I mean, yeah. it sucks that it had to be at Brandy's party, but it is always going to happen. Um, I think Cameron 100% did the correct thing. I love her interaction with Leanne. I love how Leanne tried to do this bullshit. I don't remember saying any of that. Fuck off. Like, I mean, you said it. You know you said it. She And she said it time and time it and time again. It came out again. The ease, it was like there was no break in the in the flow of thought. It was just like thought to mouth. Like, and it for was me, right at the front. That Mexican yeah. thing was right at the front oh, of I mean, every she was conversation. It all over the place with all different all people. All the time. With, you know, with Stephanie, with Cameron. Like, it was the first thing out of her mouth all the time about Carrie. If you don't think that's racist, sweetheart, you need to go look up the definition of racism. Well, let's just flip this around. Like, let's just imagine that Carrie was black 
And right. instead of going, instead of going, oh, that Mexican so and so, every time it was like that black so and so, you know, that's yeah. very clearly racist. Yeah. We all know or that's even racist. more racist. It's, the N word. <laughs> yeah, it's still racist yeah. when you do it. And when you replace it with Mexican, it's not okay. And it's not no. the kind of racism that's like, you know, doesn't want to share, a, a, you know, doesn't right, want to ha- right. hold hands with a black, or doesn't believe in interracial marriages or whatever else. It's not yeah, that yeah, yeah. overt It's not white racism. supremacy, but it's, it's not still that, racism. <laughs> but it's very much inherited, imbued yeah. racism that she is unaware of, which is more fucking dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like she's well, she's I, churning out these lines. Sorry to cut you off. No, she's no, churning ahead. out these lines. Like I've slept with Mexicans. I lived with a Mexican family. I've sat in Julio Iglesias's lap. I speak Mexican. All yeah. of those things came out of her mouth. The minute she said that, like my immediate response, and I believe I said this out loud because it was late at night and I was the only one downstairs, was it's Spanish, motherfucker. That's the name it's, of the language. It's motherfucking Spanish. You I, asshole. <laughs> The woman is deranged and and I am really excited about this reunion because I just know that this is going to be a thing. And I thought it was interesting at the end when they're challenging the other castmates to say, yeah. you know, would you, do you think Leanne is a racist? And it, listen, it's very difficult for them to make that call because they're very close. Yeah. Once you've said that, you can't take that back. No. So I appreciate why everybody, and I think Stephanie... Could have been a little bit more. She says she's not a racist. She just says dumb stuff. Mm-mm. Right. That's not, no. it's not good enough. I'm it's sorry. not good enough. And I mean, even if she truly does not believe that those are racist comments, you listen to the person that you said them about. She's telling you it's racist. She would know you wouldn't listen apologize and fucking change your goddamn behavior. Like you as a white woman have no place deciding what's racist and what's not like, that's not your voice. It's not your place. You don't fucking know. And Carrie puts it perfectly. When they ask her if she's a racist, she goes, she's not that ignorant. She's a racist. Like it's not ignorance. No, it's not. It's, it's, there's no excusing the way Leanne has handled this situation and the yeah. words that she's using. So you can choose any other word, literally any other word, but right. she's very specifically choosing to use this word time and time and time again. Um, I mean, literally I think, she could have just not said the word Mexican and all yeah. of, all of those things would have been fine. I mean, still hateful and mean, but fine because she was being attacked because I do think there are some, there were some interactions where it was not Leanne who was causing the problem. It was other people causing the problem. But, like, the minute you allow yourself to say those words, you you are in the wrong. Like, I don't even care. You are in the yeah, motherfucking and, wrong. And this isn't a technicality. Like, no. I know that the word Mexican itself is yeah. not racist. Right. But Leanne is using it with all the racist connotations that, especially in America and especially in Texas, it has. Like, we're also forgetting the geographical uh, importance of this whole argument as well, because as a UK listener, Mexican doesn't have the same connotations. You're pretty far away from Mexico. I'm pretty, yeah, we are really far away. But it does have a very significant sense of connotations in the US and it always yeah. has to a certain extent. And that's what she's playing on. And that I think is wrong. Yeah. I mean, 
people of whatever nationality they are can call themselves whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. That is their prerogative. They own those titles. They can use them as they want and say there are title there are words that other that if you as somebody else not of that same race nationality whatever sex you can't use those words and that's just the way it is and you need to be okay with that because it's not your decision because typically you're the person who's always been in power and therefore you just don't have a say anymore and you know Sorry. what it is? It's it's a case of Leanne absolutely not recognizing her own privilege, and right. uh, because she, she's always the victim. So in yeah. this, so she can't ever imagine that there's a sense of privilege for her. But that she's a white woman. Right. She's a white wealthy woman, and it doesn't matter if she came from the Carney. You know what? She's still a white carny. I guarantee she's still you. Still a white carny. carnies of different lineage were treated. And we much use the worse. word carny. She, well, I mean, she used, I don't know. She, I, don't I don't think we're using it derogatorily. It's a, it's a descriptor I don't know what, rather than From the adjective. carnival community. Yeah, um, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know sorry either. carnival community workers. Sorry, it's really awkward. Could we just, did we just really fuck ourselves over? But the point <laughs> is, is that her privilege still exists. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how tough she thinks her life is or how fucking hard she thinks she's had it. She it could have been worse. She is the owner of an innate privilege that she is not recognizing and that fucks me off and she's too fucking smart to call ignorance on this that's why i'm calling her a racist yeah it's going to be a tremendously interesting reunion show um it's going to be yeah, spicy. Yeah, they showed as a little fuck. clip on it. Uh, Brandy Redman was on Watch What Happens Live with Vicky Gundelson and um, Marge from New Jersey, and they uh-huh. showed a clip of the reunion, and it's spicy. It's spicy. I mean, she says this is. A, she said, "I do bad things, but I'm not a bad person." And here's and there's a difference. Here's the thing, Leanne. You do enough bad things. You, then you yeah. are a bad person. You, or like, you become a bad person. You become like, a bad person. Yeah. I mean, you do you one bad to, thing. Right. Fine. We can all forgive you one bad thing. We can yeah. maybe forgive you two or three. But if you consistently keep doing it, then right. that is the definition of a bad person. Absolutely. Who, who consistently does bad things. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. I think she needs to own what she's done, have a heartfelt apology, and never do it again. But we'll see if um, that's the place. Yeah. Um, Eduardo and Carrie, there's some quite interesting interactions between them. I think yeah. you did Can a we poll. we do our polls? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did some polls. Sorry, we kind of skipped around, but um, our poll was exactly about this. Does Eduardo use money as power with Carrie? And 88% of you guys say yes, 12% of you say no. I think I agree. Like, he really does, yeah. and I think it's old school behavior, and... Uh, and I and I'm really interested in the way that he manages her need to be financially independent. He feels really threatened, but he doesn't like it at all. Right. So rather than sort of go, sure, I you know I support you in whatever you want to do, he's like, well, we can do it together. Like we could get a property that we both own. He's like, right. if you're gonna do it, then I'm I'm gonna have a say in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely some control uh, issues right there. We also did a poll about Mama D and Deandra because they have a big chat about like the trust and all that. So I asked you guys, do you think there's less money than Deandra thinks there is in the trust? And 87% of you say yes, 13% of you say no. I mean, the way she was going on about like her aftercare, 
for when she gets old was like she didn't have a penny in the world. I know. I think there's some shady shit going on there. I think Mama D's going to, I think she's going to get, Deandra's going to get screwed over twice. Um, 100%. But but I'm really proud of Deandra. I just want to say that because I feel like she really has stepped up to the plate. And I don't know if the company's going to survive, but she's made tough decisions. I feel like she's done everything she can. And if it doesn't survive, then so be it by the grace of God. But I think she, I think she really did listen to Travis and do the right thing for the company. And I wonder, and I don't actually believe this and I don't want it to be true, but I wonder if there was an element of Mama D that had that as the plan all along. Because we know that Deandra was entitled. Right. We know that she had no idea how to run the fucking business when she, she just wanted it. That was, she just wanted right, the business. Right. And I think, I wonder if Mama D being harsh as fuck was, Truly kind of her version right. of tough love. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll I see. I don't really want to leave. I don't really want to excuse Mama D's behavior because it's been terrible. And even. No, it's when so she's conniving. Telling, I mean, either way, it's, it's yes. fucking conniving and it's shady. Like there it are is. ways that you could have done the same thing without being a dickhead. And even if she says, you know, um, uh, she says all the things that Deandra wants to hear. I'm proud of you. I wouldn't change you. Right. Except maybe. Look what you did. You eat less donuts. I was like, dude, you can't just no. can't just say the nice things and let it go. It's jealousy, you know. It's this mum being jealous of the daughter's yeah. bullshit, and it's embarrassing, frankly, Mama D. Like, put your big girl pants on. Suck it up. Absolutely. Um, we did another poll about, do you agree with Court's advice to Cameron about the comments made about Carrie? Because Court told Cameron that she should tell Carrie that that's what she should do. So 78% of you agree. 22% of you said no. I think she did the right thing. I think, I think if she did. one friend is speaking so inflammatory about the other and then pretending that they're not, it's just not okay. And it, it's insidious, right? Like it eats away at the group when that's happening. So... Yeah, I 100% think she did the right thing. And I think that courts, I think there's no way in hell that courts going to be letting Cam associate with um, Leanne at this stage, you know, for sure. I was I was not a big court fan, but this episode made me really love him. Like, he's just like, no, that's fucking racist and we're not being associated with that. Like, yeah, that's a hard no bullshit. No. That's a hard line. We're, we're not those people. Yeah, Done. I agree. Good um, we man. Also did- yeah, we did a poll about, do you think that Leanne is racist or just insecure? 63% of you say racist, 37% say insecure. I mean, I think it's both, right? Yeah, I think she's but racist because she's insecure. But one doesn't excuse the other. Right, no. Um, I'm pretty insecure, but I'm think, not racist. Yeah, no. I'm also not that insecure, just saying. No. <laughs> I'm kind <laughs> of a dick. <laughs> I'm actually neither of those things. Never mind. I'm actually super, really fucking confident, and I'm just... <laughs> So tolerant of everybody. I'm awesome. I'm woke as fuck, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my dad used the word woke bef- the other day, but he's so you terribly have to posh. get him on video saying I know. woke. Whenever I put point. him on video on Instagram stories, it goes fucking mental. They love him. It's amazing. Your dad is brilliant. Yeah, he is. Anyway, he's recovering from an operation on his prostate right now. So sending Ooh. love to Daddy KF. Yeah, good luck on the prostate. Uh, so we did another poll. Was it okay for Cameron to tell Carrie what Leanne said? And 88% of you said yes. 12% of you said no. Um, again, I think you know where we stand on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the uh, Real Housewives of Dallas finale. We will 
definitely be looking forward to that reunion. I mean, man, oh, man. I'm excited. Um, I know we're dropping a load of shows, so next week we'll be just below deck in Atlanta. Uh, we'll also do the mini-sode if uh, I get all of them in the UK at the same time. Um, we're, we, But we are going to be doing Christmas festive spirit podcast next week. We'll work out Heavy some on sort of drinking game. Um, so when you're listening next week, make sure you're ready with your tipple of choice and we can all enjoy it, um, together. Absolutely. We got one question through, um, from made by the Coopers on Instagram and she wants to know how set up do we think the real housewives kind of, et cetera, are. She hopes that it isn't too fake or set up because the more real she thinks it is, the more she enjoys it. Um, do we think she should think about these things? Probably not, but who cares? So what do you think, Ad? Do you think, how real do you think the Real Housewives are? I mean, I think their reactions are real. I think the way that they take, the, I think the way that they take the story, the way I see it in my head is that they get a list of places to be and, conversa- and conversations to have. So they turn up and Shannon's there and they have to talk about this. Like that's kind of how I think, but I think what they say about that and how they handle that and their feelings about that are really real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could be talking out my ass and maybe it's all scripted, but I just don't buy it. I just don't think no. it is. None of these women are, are real actresses. I mean, maybe no. a few on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, too. But, um, no, I think what they say and how they react is 100% them. I think they cast certain personalities 100% yeah. because these shows are casted, like, you you would probably never pick me in real life to be on one of these shows. I'm I'm not that way inclined. No. But I do think situations are set up and I think, you know, oh, remember this or I mean, I think there are whisperings. I also just think like this is probably what happens when you get certain personalities all together for the yeah. time frame that they're filming. Totally. So, they're casting these people for fireworks. So, yeah. you know, and also their job is to provide fireworks as well. Yep. So I would say that they probably amp it up. Like if they could right. scale it back, they don't. They probably right. go for it because that's where their paycheck comes from. They don't get another season if they're boring. No. Um, but, you know, whether it is or it isn't, I, I can just go in, suspend, like kind of suspension of disbelief and just really fucking enjoy the crazy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that question made by the Coopers. Uh, you guys send us questions whenever you can. Um, we were, our recording schedule has been a little bit wonky. We've been recording a little bit earlier uh, this month, but send them whenever. I mean, we just collect them. Yeah, so. we'll do it all. We'll do it yeah. all. We love to hear from you. Also, it's nice because it makes us know that there are defo people listening. Which we know Absolutely. you are, but it's always nice to hear from you. Yes. So sorry this episode has run a little bit longer than most. We had a lot to cover. It was a hefty time. But as Kat said, we'll be a lot lighter next week and probably a lot drunker. So uh, till next time. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas. It will be post-Christmas Absolutely. next time. We will see you on the flip side. Enjoy your stretchy pants and turkey and see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. The music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sin.